Hello. Hi. Welcome. Hey, Swinny. I was um, enjoying a day off a few weeks ago with my wife, and uh, we were doing some shopping. We were looking for a few things. Went into a particular local retail store, and we were looking around, and a particular stand caught my eye as I walked past. It was a stand full of what looked like designer fragrances for only $2 each. What a bargain, I thought. This is amazing. This is spectacular. We cannot go past this opportunity. $2 each for designer fragrances and perfumes and colognes and stuff. That is incredible. And I, I got, as I got closer, I realized that what looked like Hugo Boss was Hogo Boos. <laughs> and what looked like Ferrari was Ferrari. And uh, what looked like Chanel was Channel. <laughs> and of course, this was a a rack full of cheap knockoffs. These were not the real things. These were cheap knockoffs. I was so disappointed. I was so let down. I was fully ready to go and grab our trailer and like completely load up with this stuff. <laughs> For $2 each, I thought, wow, we're going to do well here. But no, no, no. And they didn't even smell good. They smelled awful, in fact. <laughs> they smelled probably all of their $2 worth, I, I suppose. Hey, um, tonight we are continuing our series called Building a Theology, and I've been asked to speak about the theology of community. And when we say theology of community, what we really mean is what does God think about community? What does God think community should be like? How has God designed community? How should we respond? How should we let what the Bible says about community influence and shape the way that we see community? And uh, as I was preparing this week, I kind of thought to myself, you know, sometimes our version of community can seem a little bit like a cheap knockoff. Sometimes our version of community can seem like not really the same as the real deal, genuine, authentic thing. Sometimes it can just seem like a cheap knockoff. So uh, we're going to look into three communities that the Bible talks about, and the Bible is full of um, people, as Andrew said last week, the Bible has people all the way through, it's all about people, uh, and so it has a whole lot of communities in it as well, but we're going to have a look at three particular ones uh, that God designed, and we're going to have a look at what characteristics they share, and therefore how perhaps a true authentic church community should look, based on those things. What a real deal, genuine, original, designed community should look like, and what the difference is between a cheap knockoff. Is that all right? Okay. Well, the first community we're going to look at this evening um, is way back in the very start. Way back in the very start, Genesis chapter 1 talks about how God designed the heavens and the earth. He created the heavens and the earth, the stars and the moon and the, the sun and the earth and the seas. And he put um, plants and animals and um, fish in the sea and birds in the sky and, um, and man. And he created it and it was good and it was very good. But did you know in chapter 2, there's this marvelous creation that it seems perfect and in chapter 2, God says that something is not good. He actually says something that's not good. 
So he's designed this thing, and it's to his design, and then he says, actually, there's something missing. There's something missing. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says, it is not good for man to be alone. So I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. And by helper, he didn't mean some subordinate or some employee or slave, but, but an equal that can share the load, can share the burden of what he'd been called to do. And so, boom, right there, you have humanity's first ever community designed by God. You see, God recognized that his created being, Adam, could not properly reflect their creator without community. It's not good for man to be alone, God said. And so, they lived in community, but then, of course, humans, we, we kind of wrecked it. We kind of ruined it, this perfect community, and, and we were left to kind of pick up the pieces of this broken community, and for generations, we were kind of left figuring out what to do with pain and death and suffering and, and um, all this kind of new stuff that wasn't existing in the ideal community of Eden, that's what I like to call it, it's the ideal community because God designed it from the outset, it is exactly how he wanted it to be. But suddenly all this death and suffering and everything entered the world because of sin and, and, and it wasn't the same and humans were kind of left to figure out what to do with it all and communities kind of suffered as a result and it, it, there were some pretty poor examples of community until God in his grace and his love reached out again and created a new community, a community uh, called the Nation of Israel. And this, this community was meant to be the model community a model community. You see, the, the nation of Israel was designed by God to, to model to the people around them what it was like to live as God intended, what it was like to love others as God intended. And, and the community of Israel was meant to be a model to the people around them. And then the third community we look at this evening um, in the Bible is, is one that the Bible speaks of a lot, but we haven't. We don't know a whole lot about because we haven't been there yet. The community of heaven. You know, the Bible speaks of this incredible ultimate community. Much like a, a new Eden in a way. Um, no sin, no shame, no pain, no sadness, no grief, no death. No bad stuff, all good stuff. Jazz music, pizza that doesn't make you fat. <laughs> all good stuff for all of eternity that we can't actually muck up. It's an Eden that we can't muck up and we'll be in for all eternity. This perfect, ultimate community. So if God has designed these three communities and, and others, I'm sure we could think of other examples too, but if God has designed these three communities and he has designed our community, what's our community? Our community is the church. Well, many of us are actually part of lots of different communities, aren't we? We're part of geographic communities or school communities or clubs or whatever, but tonight we're talking about a church community and the, the broader Christianity, Christendom, as well as the local church here at Door of Hope. But God has designed our community as well. And so if he's designed our community and he designed those three examples of community, what are the three common characteristics or what are the characteristics of those three communities that we can then see that need to be reflected in our community as well. 
And uh, I'm sure if we had a lot more time, we could go into a lot of them. I, I came up with a very long list, and um, I was um, preparing my message tonight, and it was at about 75 minutes or something ridiculous like that, so I thought, no, I need to cut back a few of these lists. So there's four things. I just chose my top four things that these three communities have in common that we should also reflect. You see, the church is the inclusive community, or at least it should be, and I'll explain why in just a moment. You see, the church, we are called by God to reflect Eden, to be the new and improved Israel, and to advertise heaven. That's what the church community is here for. We reflect Eden, we are the new and improved Israel, and we're here to advertise heaven. So if we're going to do those things, what are the things that we need to demonstrate in our community? Well, the first thing that we want to have a look at tonight is that these communities spend everyday life together. Everyday life together. You look at Eden, and it was Adam and Eve and God and the animals and this community. That, that was life for them. 24-7, 365, that was, that was their whole entire existence as a community. You look at the nation of Israel, and of course, they lived together. They did life together every single day. They worshipped together, they sacrificed together, they worked together. Everything they did was together every day. You look at eternity, you look at heaven, and we're going to spend every day together. I know for some of you that's a scary thought based on the person sitting next to you. (laughs) But believe it or not, as annoying as they might seem, (laughs) you will Likely be spending eternity with them, so get used to them. But it will also, I can guarantee, be a positive experience, as hard as that might be to believe. But everyday life together is a key ingredient of these communities, and so it should be a key ingredient of the church too. Now, on the flip side, the cheap knockoff church says that we can do community just fine with events. We can do community just fine if we show up to church at 5 o'clock on Sundays, actually maybe 5.05. We can do community just fine if we rock up to Connect Group on Tuesdays and Youth on Fridays and the Young Adults Night and the Prayer Night here and a meeting there and a meeting there and an event there and an event here and that's community. Well, it is, but it's so much more than that. Community is so much more than just a calendar decision. Community, as God designed it, as described in the Word of God, is a lifestyle decision, not a calendar decision. You see, when we decide to join a church community, a genuine, authentic Christian community, we are giving our lives to those people. We are sharing the ups of life, we are celebrating together the wins, we are mourning the losses together, we are there in the sad times, in the low times, in the high times, in the good times, in the challenging times, we grow together, we journey together no matter what, beyond just the church service, beyond just a connect group, beyond just youth or anything else, any other event, as good as they are and as important they are for different reasons, that's not all there is to genuine, authentic, real thing, Christian community. 
I wonder for you where the challenge is in that. I wonder, it is very easy to slip into cheap knockoff church where we just show up to the events when we're required and that's all we have to do. We can spend the rest of our lives elsewhere. The second characteristic of these communities that we can learn from is that there was everyday interaction with God. Everyday interaction with God. You think, again, you look at the Garden of Eden and, and there's Adam and Eve and Genesis chapter 3 says that God walked around with them in the garden. Literally, walked around in person, walked around in the cool of the day enjoying the garden along with Adam and Eve. You look at um, the nation of Israel, the community of Israel, and, and God didn't walk around with them. That would have been a bit too dangerous for them. Um, so they created a tent and God lived in the tabernacle. And then later on, he lived in the, the temple. But God dwelt among his people. And, and you look at heaven and, and many descriptions of heaven, one of which is that, that you know, we, we won't need a sun in heaven. There won't be any need for a sun because Jesus will be the light. He will be enough light for all of us. In other words, Jesus will be dwelling right there with us. God is there every single day. And so for us as a church, is God here with us every single day? You know, in Matthew, of course, um, Jesus said that where two or three gather in my name there, I am with them. And so we believe, don't we, that Jesus, is his presence is right here with us right now. We are gathered in his name and Jesus' presence is with us. That's so awesome. But can you see where the problem lies when our idea, our theology of community is an events-based community? Suddenly, our experience of God's presence in the way that it's meant to be felt in community suddenly only happens three times a week or four times a week. We're only gathered four or five times a week. See the importance where people are gathered in Jesus' name, that's where he dwells. That's where he dwells. And you can see that in Eden, you can see that in Israel, you can see that in heaven, and you see that in the church. Cheap knockoff church says that that's enough, that's fine, we can do God's presence uh, in church and at worship nights, and that's all good, but we don't need his presence the rest of the week. And what about our personal lives? What about our personal lives? We often talk about our personal relationship with Jesus, which is incredibly important, by the way, to know Jesus for ourselves and to know what he has done for us and have that relationship with him. But there's an issue when our personal relationship with Jesus becomes a private relationship with Jesus. You see, our personal relationship with Jesus is very important, but so is our corporate relationship with Jesus. Our relationship with Jesus as a community is incredibly important. And yet we seem to only allow that to happen at certain events and then not at others. <laughs> I wonder the challenge tonight. Next time you're gathering with a group of Christian mates, even if it's not a church service or a connect group or anything official or structured, can I challenge you? And believe me, when I was planning this, I always challenged myself. How can you bring God into that conversation? Maybe it's just as simple as praising God for something awesome that happened that week. Maybe it's something as simple as um, sharing something that you read, that you were inspired by in His Word that week. Maybe it's a request for prayer, 
doesn't have to be elaborate, doesn't have to be super spiritual or anything crazy like that, but are we experiencing God in our everyday lives? That's a really important part of a genuine church community and not just a cheap knockoff. All right, third thing we can learn from is, wow, that's that time, okay, uh, is that um, we are called to collaborate as a team. You look again at the community of Eden, they were given a task. This team of Adam and Eve were called to rule over all of creation. That was their goal, and they, were, they had to work together in order to achieve that. You look at Israel, and they were called to be a holy nation, a nation set apart. And so they had to work together in order to come anywhere near that. And you look at heaven, and we will be, we'll be completely focused on working together to lift God's name up in worship and glory for all eternity. And I can't wait to be in that band. That's going to be an awesome band, isn't it, Mark? But that is, oh man, that is going to be sick. Lucas is as pumped as well, I can tell. The heaven band is going to go off. Our band does pretty well, by the way, I should say. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the ones to come. All right, where are we? The church also has a mission, don't we? Jesus said, one of the last things he said to us was, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. That's our mission as a church. And not just our mission with the church leaders, or not just our mission as the church, as, an, as a corporation or organization, but the church, is, that's our mission as individual believers and followers of Jesus. We all have a part to play in fulfilling the great commission that Jesus has laid on our lives, of our hearts, we all need to play our part and we all need each other to play their parts and we all need to work together, collaborate to do so. That is authentic Christianity. Authentic community. Cheap knockoff says you can do it on your own. Cheap knockoff says the experts can do it. I'll just sit back and let them sort it out. Genuine True, authentic, God-designed church community says we all have a part to play. And lastly, fourthly, lastly, the church should be a community that welcomes, not only welcomes diversity, but actually has diversity as a goal. Diversity actually becomes a goal if we are a genuine, authentic Christian community. Again, you look at Eden, a diversity there. You have Adam and Eve. There aren't too many people, so Adam and Eve. Um, you have God, you have the animals, you have the birds of the sea and the fish of the air. No, <laughs> all the way around. <laughs> you look at Israel and, and um, the diversity in Israel. You have millions of people, and some of them are from the family line. Some of them are from all other parts of the world that have joined in along the way, and you have this huge, diverse community. And heaven... Heaven is going to be the, the most diverse community you've ever seen or been a part of, and probably far more diverse than you and I probably expect. And so if the church, if we are to reflect Eden and to be the new improved Israel and to advertise heaven, then we too not only need to welcome diversity, but we need to aim for diversity. Think about it. If we are fulfilling our Great Commission then we are going into all the world and making disciples of all nations. And, and um, Paul describes the church as no longer Jew or Gentile. He says there's no longer slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's not to say that we're all the same, but it's to say that in the true, genuine, 
Christian community. Anyone is welcome. Anyone with any background, from anywhere in the world, from any level of wealth, any level of health, anyone is welcome. And everyone has something in common. We sin, we fall short, but Jesus died for us. And so in this room, in this community, everyone is equal under Jesus. And so we should be diverse. We should reflect the diversity of the communities that God has designed because he's designed us as well. You know, um, Scott McKnight, really great theologian and author, wrote a book called A A Fellowship of Difference. And I really encourage you to to get onto this. It's a really easy read. So it flows really nice. It's really easy to read. Um, But it's really um, incredible, really. It talks about diversity in the church. And so I'd really recommend that if you're interested in this topic, have a look at that. But one of the quotes he says is, the success of a church is determined, first determined by how many invisible people become invisible to those not like them. The success of a church is first determined by how many invisible people become visible to those not like them. Incredible. I wonder if that's a challenge for you tonight. Do we see the invisible? Do we include the otherwise excluded? Cheap knockoff church community says, join us if you are like us. Become like us, and then you can be with us. True, authentic Christian community says, come as you are. All of you are welcome. We're going to worship Jesus together on this journey. There are a few differences. I've got a real bottle of Hugo Boss here. Mmm, smells good. (laughs) My bottle of Hogo Boost does not smell good. (laughs) I'm going to leave that one in the box. You can check that later. There are some differences, though. You see, this one is a brand name. It is a designer brand, just like the church. Don't you think? Church community is a designer brand. We've been designed by the most incredible, best designer who ever lived. The same designer who designed the whole universe has designed our community. And brand names, far out. (laughs) The biggest brand name, the most influential name, the name above all names, are in our names. If we call ourselves a Christian, we carry the brand of Christ. We are a designer brand community, not a cheap knockoff. You know the other thing? The real thing cost me about 25 times the price of the the cheap knockoff. And can I tell you, true, authentic church community will cost you a whole lot more than the cheap knockoff. Maybe too many of us are too willing to pay next to nothing for a cheap knockoff version of church. And maybe we don't understand or get or have experienced the full quality of the real thing. But can I tell you, it's worth it. It's worth it. I wonder how much you're willing to spend on the real version of church community. The other difference apart from the spelling, of course, 
is this one smells a whole lot better. <laughs> it is a whole lot more desirable. Think about it. What are people searching for in our culture today? What are those kind of buzzwords? You have diversity, inclusion, equality, authenticity. These are big words. This is what people are searching for in our culture today. But you know, these four words aren't just some kind of woke terms that culture throws around today. These are four terms that should describe the authentic, original, God-designed church. So the church should be the most desirable community anyone else should be a, or could be a part of. And why aren't they a part of it? Well, maybe too often churches seem to be a bit more like the cheap knockoff than the real thing. You see, whether we are a real deal authentic Christian community or a cheap knockoff version of church comes down to you and me. We need to decide which version of church we're going to be a part of. We need to realize it's a designer brand. We need to realize it's going to cost a whole lot more to us, and we've got to realize that it's far more desirable. You see, the real thing, it smells so much better to God. It smells so much better to us. It smells so much better to the people around us. And the cheap stuff just doesn't cut it anymore. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, we are here tonight. And because we are here gathered in your name, we know that you are here as well. Lord, your presence with us, we, we just so love when you join us in these moments. Lord, for each of us, would you, would you speak to us about how each and every one of us can contribute to a more authentic, a closer version of the real thing as far as church community and Christian community goes. Lord, would you help us not to be tempted by the ease, the convenience, the cheapness of the knockoff. But Lord, would you continually open our eyes to how good the real thing is and how much we should chase after it. Lord, we commit tonight and we recommit tonight to ensure that our part of this is taken care of. Each and every one of us have a part to play. And Lord, we commit ourselves and recommit ourselves to that cause tonight. Pray these things in your name. Amen. You know, Jesus uh, had many evenings spent in community. In fact, the Gospels, the stories of Jesus tell us story after story after story of how God, uh, Jesus would have dinner with his friends and invite others to those dinners. And, and others, they might be wealthy people, they might be businessmen, they might be politicians, they might be poor, sick, they might be prostitutes, they might be criminals, they could be all sorts of people, but Jesus just said, hey, anyone's welcome to my dinner party. And, and there was one particular dinner party where 
um, they were finishing up and, and Jesus grabbed a, a spare bit of bread that was left over and, and, and the half a glass of wine that he had left over and he, he just said, hey, shh, guys, 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 chill for a second. I want you to, whenever you meet like this, whenever you have dinner together like this as a community, I want you to grab a piece of bread and allow it to remind you of my body that it was broken for you. And, and grab some wine left over or some juice or whatever you have in front of you and, and, and let that remind you of my blood that was shed for you. And in doing this, you won't just remember what I've done for you, but you will be united under that one thing that we all have in common, my sacrifice for you. And so we read throughout Acts and, and through the letters of Paul and the rest of the New Testament how the early church would, would gather in houses and, and just like Jesus' dinner parties, he, they would have all sorts of people in the room. They would have slaves and the slave owners and kids and old people and sick people and politicians and Romans and Jews and Greeks and this weird combination of people in one house, which was completely abnormal and strange to the culture at the time. And they would have dinner together, and they would enjoy each other's company. They would do life together every day. And they would, maybe the elder or the pastor of that particular church would talk about Jesus and the things of God. They would pray together. It says they would sing songs together. And then every time, at the end of their meal, they'd always save a bit of bread and a bit of wine, and the, the leader of that church might go, hey, guys, shh, shh, shh. just grab a bit of bread in front of you, grab something to drink, we're going to take communion now. And we do this as a church regularly as well. Um, unfortunately for you guys, it doesn't include the full meal first, but um, we do take communion, we're about to do that together. And um, often we will have given that out at the door, but tonight we wanted to do it Maybe a bit more community-ish. Um, so we're going to do that in just a second. But can I encourage you, as we um, partake in communion tonight, we don't just remind ourselves of the sacrifice of Jesus, but we remind ourselves of the community that, that we're a part of. We remind ourselves that this is one of the things that actually binds us together as a community. Now, if you um, don't feel comfortable with that, that's completely fine. This isn't something that you have to do. Um, so feel free to just sit in your seat, maybe reflect on the things we've been talking about. But for the rest of us who want to partake in this and, and do that, we're going to come to the front. There's a table on each side of me here. I want to encourage you to come forward and um, take one of these little packages of communion. But before you take it, I want you to do one thing in in honor of community, in honor of our community and our theology of community discussion tonight, I want you to tell the person next to you, preferably someone that isn't your best friend, but maybe someone you don't quite know, tell them something that you're thankful to God for. Simple as that. One line, and then just take communion together. And enjoy the community that that brings. And then um, once uh, you've done that, we're going to sing a couple more songs. Is that all right? Fantastic. The music's going to keep playing in the background and I encourage you to come as soon as you're ready. That'd be great.